again, and welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. This season, we are talking to small business owners and community leaders about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges, successes, and even offer some helpful hints for keeping the small business dream alive. Listen in. We hope you'll learn something and maybe have a little fun along the way. Well, good morning, Amy. Good morning. We're back at it again. Yes, we are. And uh, we have a fantastic guest this morning who is absolutely passionate about what she wants and her vision and what she needs out of her business. And uh, Donna Smith. Yes. So, man, what a guest. I know. Donna Smith, she... Um, we could have had multiple parts of this specific episode because she is just that passionate about what she does and she has so much wisdom to share. Oh, absolutely. Yes. In fact, we could turn this thing into three or (laughs) four episodes easily. Yeah. We had to tell Donna, quit talking. Everything (laughs) that you're saying is good. Yeah. (laughs) We we could have kept this thing recording for hours. That's right. You want to tell listeners about Donna and what she does? So we're so excited to have Donna Smith with us today. She is the administrator of Shelby's Bridge and Sunshine Cafe in Sudan, Texas. So you talk about somebody that has really big dreams. Donna and her daughter Shelby are dreamers turned entrepreneurs turned world changers. Um, so Shelby's Bridge, for those of you that don't know, is a nonprofit organization that is extremely passionate about providing enriching life experiences for people with disabilities. So they really, their mission is twofold, Jared. They run a very successful business in downtown Sudan. They have a, a cafe, um, a gift and thrift store where you can find all kinds of goodies and treasures and trinkets. Yeah. Um, and then they also have gotten into event planning and now have a, a florist on staff that's doing florals for events all over that area in West Texas. So they have this thriving business and then they use that business to employ um people with disabilities and and to teach them life skills and to give them a purpose. Um, I think that's incredible. Great, great vision. And uh, she's very passionate about it, which everyone will be able to tell in in this interview. And I really feel like that listeners are going to want to hear a lot of this. So you want to just jump in? Let's do it. All right, Mm -hmm. let's, let's get in. Welcome. I'm so honored to have you on the Spirit of West Texas podcast with us today. We are so honored to (laughs) represent Shelby's Bridge here with you, Amy. Um, We are excited to share what has gone on in Sudan at Shelby's Bridge. And um, let's just have a good time. Yeah, let's do it. We love to have a good time around here. That's what we like. We're all about that. So I have to tell you, I was looking around on the Shelby's Bridge website yesterday, and I was looking specifically at the menu for the Sunshine Bakery. So a little secret I have is that I have a bit of a side hustle. I do. In fact, Brenda and Laura, the girls here, they help me with my side hustle, but I love to do charcuterie boards and grazing tables. (laughs) Yes, for people in Lubbock. Um, And so they're just wonderful. So I was looking at your menu and see that y'all have charcuterie boards on your menu at at Sunshine Cafe. Are they selling well? Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. And we have adapted to um, almost seasonal charcuterie boards. Yes, yes. and how that came about was we were searching for ways to meet the needs of our community. And during times of uh, COVID and extremely cold weather and, and other situations, we don't always want our um, 
community to have to drive into Lubbock to meet their needs. I love it. I'm going to have to order one. I um, I people make fun of the word charcuterie all the time. <laughs> growing up, <laughs> growing up, my mom used to to make these for us um, wow. as a way to get us to eat, you know, veggies and fruit. And if she would put them all together on a plate, she called them a poo poo platter. Though. Oh. <laughs> And my kids still to this day, they'll ask, Memo, will you make us a poo-poo platter? So, I mean, we're starting my kids out liking charcuterie uh-huh. at a very young age. Yeah. So tell us, Donna, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Well, I actually grew up in a very tiny town uh, in West Texas uh, called Beulah. Okay. Um, graduated from Beulah High School, went to Wayland Baptist College, met my husband there, and then we ran off to Dallas to make our fortunes. And we were down there for about 42 years. And one day I decided I wanted to come home. And coming home to Beulah is a little bit difficult task these days (laughs) because there's not much there. We still own land there, uh, still farm there, but as far as living there, it's pretty challenging. So we decided to go to the next best place, and that was Sudan. And one of the best decisions we've ever made as a family. Uh, Welcoming, loving people, just like there are all over West Texas. We're there now, and trying to make um, a significant difference in the landscape of West Texas. So for our listeners who don't know, Sudan is a small agricultural community about 50 minutes northwest of Lubbock. So First United Bank has proudly served the Sudan community community since July of 2000. So we've had the privilege of working alongside Donna and her team um, over the past few years as they've grown their business. And I can say without a doubt that you certainly had a significant impact on the landscape. I think you've really achieved that goal. Um, Tell me, Donna, when we spoke the other day, I tried to give you credit for Shelby's Bridge and the idea and the dream um, of this organization and what you stand for. And you really quickly told me that is not the truth. (laughs) That is a misconception. Um, and then, in fact, this this idea um, and this dream was really born from your daughter, Shelby. So will you please tell our listeners a little bit about how that dream came to be for Shelby? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, I have one child. Her name is Shelby. And she um, grew up in the Dallas Metroplex. She played softball as a child from the time she was five until she was 18, uh, traveling teams and so forth. And softball was very important to us. Um, and when she was in the sixth grade, there was um, another family on our team whose dad was a part of AT&T, and they sponsored the Special Olympics in the Dallas area. So he asked our team members and families to come assist with that Special Olympics. And Shelby um, participated with some of the children with disabilities in the softball arena that day. And she was hooked. She knew that there's a marginalized community out there who needed people with gentle hearts and strong minds and strong desires to stand for them. And and she made a decision that day that she was going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. She graduated from high school and went to Texas A&M. Um, as she was down there in many classes, uh, families were brought in to talk about their um, their challenges with their um, children who had Down syndrome, who had uh, uh, other disabilities. And one day she called me and she was very, very uh, just overwhelmed by what had occurred in a classroom. There had been a mother there um, at the request of the professor to discuss the challenges that her daughter was facing at public school. 
And at the end of the program, she said, I don't care if you're the best teacher. I don't care what you do in the classroom as long as you love my child. And that set us kind of on a course to seek out what can we do to love the children who are in such need of someone standing for them, a champion. And that began our, our course, um, and that was step one into figuring out what the needs were. And as we began to explore that, we came to find out that adults with disabilities are living longer these days because of better health care, um, health care that intervenes sooner. And the big challenge today is an adult with a disability can certainly outlive their caregivers. And everybody doesn't want to be a caregiver. Mm. Where do these folks go? Many of them are um, forced into homes where they're really not wanted. Nobody wants to live that kind of life. That is not a quality of life. So we began to to see what it would take to build a village, so to speak, where um, our, our friends is what we call them because they are our friends, where our friends can live and work and play and have the meaningful kind of life that everybody in the United States deserves, deserves mm-hmm. and can have. But it takes a minute or two and it takes some planning. And so when we came to Sudan... Shelby had never lived there. Um, I, my husband and I both grew up in West Texas. We knew the, the sweet kindness of the, of the families, and, and they welcomed us just as a family into Sudan. That's the spirit of West Texas, it isn't is, it? It is. <laughs> it is. And um, a proud place to be and a, and a wonderful place to come home to, actually. But as I said, Shelby had never lived there. And as she began to meet these people and meet family that she'd never met, and be welcomed into that home-style feeling. She came to me one day and she said, Mom, this is the place. This is where we need to build the dream of Shelby's Bridge. And um, once she made that determination, I began to see just how viable that was. And that took a minute or two. (laughs) (laughs) Because you look around at the buildings in Sudan and go, I don't know, what do we got here? What do we got to work with? But... You know, it's funny how the Lord provides things because I began to talk with people there, movers and shakers, people who knew the lay of the land, who had been there for a while. And um, a man came forward. His name is David Wood, and he has been a a great, great help. He is um, he's involved in construction and so forth. And he had a lifelong resident of Sudan. He said, Donna, I think I've got a building for you. I was like, great. Where? <laughs> because I haven't seen one. Yeah. And he said, well, let me just take you down there and let me tell you the story. So he took me to a building. The exterior was okay, but the interior, not so great. It was filled, filled, filled with uh, about 25 years worth of auto parts and uh, cars and motorcycles and so forth. And I said, David, you're going to have to show me this. What, what are we looking at here? He said, the man who owns this building wants to give it to you. Oh, my goodness. It's a 3,500-square-foot building. Yeah. I said, give it to us. All of a sudden, you could see it. Yes, yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, looks better all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, we sat down with Craig Doty and his family, and he 
just once again, the spirit of giving that is in West Texas. He heard the dream. He saw the dream. He had something that he could offer. Wasn't monetary. Wasn't things like you would normally hear about um, huge donations from uh, some big company. This was a single man who was donating his family business building so we could build a dream in Sudan. Mm. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, David Wood and Craig Doty are angels to us. That's right. They were the first bridge builders. And um, and then when, we, when they gave us the building, we knew that we needed a new roof. And that's where First United Bank came in. First United Bank literally put a roof over our heads at <laughs> Shelby's Bridge. Um, uh, Mr. Bain uh, contributed the, along with um, Clay Carr, who is the president of the bank there in Sudan, donated $10,000, and we had a roof. And that happened just in the course of a few days. Mm. That's the spirit of West Texas, where people see things and see a problem, see a need, and they step in to help fill that need. Donna, I know, but you, you've got to give yourself some credit because you do a really wonderful <laughs> job of sharing your dream and getting people to understand what it is that you're, you're going after and your vision. And um, when I listen to you talk about... Um, Shelby's Bridge and addressing that need. I think for people that have a dream and they want to start a business, um, maybe they don't, like you said, you have to, it takes a minute, were your exact <laughs> words, to sit down and evaluate, okay, is I have this idea and I have this dream, but is, is there really a need for this business? Can you talk a little bit about that? I, I have found, uh, as um, an administrator of public and private schools for about 40 years, um, you learn the importance of communication. And to build a dream, the leader or leaders have to know the end from the beginning. They, they have to see, they have to know when they've achieved what they set out to achieve. And they have to establish markers, um, road, road signs, um, where you know that you have made some progress. And, but in the beginning... You have to articulate to one another. Shelby and I had hours, days, weeks of conversation about what this needs to look like. What are the components that are have to have in it? The absolute must that you have to have in order to make this work. And there are many. And, and when someone is beginning a new dream, a new business, a new organization, those tenets are particular to that dream. And so the leaders have to know what those are. If the leaders don't know what those are, nobody else can ever see what you're talking about. And I find that the leaders of an organization must be able to articulate the end from the beginning without a shred of evidence. So that once you have created, you have established, you have succeeded in some way, People begin to have faith in you that you're going to do what you say. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people, a lot of people who can talk about success and building things, but sometimes there's no proof in the pudding. Sometimes there's never any proof that you can actually do what you say you do. And we find that is as important as anything. We are clear in our organization about, about what our end result is to be. We are clear that our end game is to have 
residential facilities for adults with disabilities. But there are some steps before to get there. Because if we're going to provide a place for adults with disabilities to live, work, and play, we've got to have that workspace first. Because we can't train anybody without a place to train them. And it's sometimes it's too big a jump for others to see how you can train an adult with disability and have him or her in a, a business. So we have tried to show, we have tried to be the example of what we're doing. Now, our trainees, some have already gone and, and had other jobs. Now, we're very proud of that. But Sometimes it's difficult for people to see where we're going with it if we can't make it work ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the gift and thrift shop. Those are not ends in themselves. That is where we train. And so it's a must that we have a viable business. So as a leader, you have to know the end from the beginning, but what steps you have to take mm. in order to get to that end. And you have to be very clear about that. So your goal, twenty long-term goal for 2024, is to have um, living for your friends with disabilities. Yes. Um, tell us about Shelby's Bridge. Um, tell us about the Gift and Thrift and what you're doing with the Gift and Thrift and Sunshine Bakery That's that's those are the steps that are getting you to your end goal in 2024. Okay. Tell us about that. Yes. And um, I'll show you the continuum because you don't just, hello, we have this bakery, we have this this uh, cafe today. So our steps, we were uh, established as a company, as a 501c3 in February of 2017. Um, you have to have that in order to begin a business, as or at least our kind of business. So... In uh, the latter part of 2017, we began uh, building our program, which was to find our network of people in our local area there. Because there were some people who really did not believe that there was a need in a rural area for what we were doing. We knew there was a need. We had already done those needs assessments even before we had become um, incorporated. You did your homework. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... Uh, that research is pretty time-consuming, and it's pretty detail-oriented. So when I came out with the, one of the first um, newspaper articles that uh, they did about us, I shared with them there were 40 adults with disabilities in our three connecting counties, Bailey, Lamb, and Cochran, who were sitting at home watching television having graduated from high school. Forty. That was a large number. That, that was a little bit hard to take for some of the people who live there because uh, our friends sometimes become shadow people. They are in the, um, they're not always out in public for people to see. Sometimes they don't want to be out in public for people to see. Sometimes they just want to stay home and, and watch television. But when we said that there were 40, then that was a significant enough number for people to be, become aware once we had identified those individuals, um, we began to have skills camps. And Shelby was there. She is our program designer. Her background is in special education, psychology. And so she, be, she began the program. Our skills camps, we, we met some of our friends. We brought them in. We had some um, just some fun days. And we did about 10 of those days, uh, the latter part of two, uh, 2017 and the early part of 2018. 
Well, it became obvious we needed the place. The place fell into, into our lap, so to speak. We began to create it and um, took about almost 18 months to get something open so we could have a place to train. So in September of 2018, we opened Shelby's Bridge Gift and Thrift. And um, at that time, uh, the Lamb County Special Education Group was one of the first ones that kind of jumped on and began to bring their students uh, to work with us. And they came three or four times a week in the afternoon. And right now, this week, we will deal with uh, our friends from Muleshoe, friends from Littlefield, Spring Lake Earth, um, Olton, uh, Shallow Water, Lubbock, New Home, New Deal, um, and those, um, that is about, and, the, and Sudan, then that, we will deal with 23 students every day this week. Um, and then three of those are adults who come Tuesday through Friday. So tell us about the training, the life skills that they're getting at the, at the Gift and Thrift. Okay. Um, we begin as a group because many of our, um, our friends are a bit shy. They've not been placed in situations where they have all the confidence they need. So when they come at first, we do things in a group. And one of the first things that we do is main treats. We have a cart, and they fill the cart with goodies, cookies, candy, whatever we've made in the bakery, and they take it down Main Street and sell to the businesses. They learn organization, but first of all, they learn communication because they're speaking for Shelby's Bridge. They're not speaking for themselves. And we usually say, hello, we're from Shelby's Bridge, and this is our main treat cart. Do you see anything on it we can help you with today? So when they learn that, that, and then the sweetness and the openness of the Sudan people, the people who are in those businesses, there are about seven places that they go every, every week, and they're always welcomed. They're excited when, when our friends walk in, the excitement on the um, First United Bank, Lance Insurance, um, Edwards Realty. I mean, it, they welcome them with open arms. That no-risk situation, no-failed situation does more to build the confidence of our friends than anything that we could do because success breeds success. Communication, counting money, doing change, um, service to someone else. Those are the things that we begin with. And we've not had a failure yet as we began that. But um, some of our, our friends have been coming now more than one year. So the more they attend, the more they work with us, the more individual we become with their training. Um, we have opportunities for them to, to get a safe serve license and help in the kitchen. Uh, um, they can train with our florist, Suzanne Reese, and we have two who have chosen to do that. We do funerals, weddings, all sorts of things with floral. And one of our, um, one of our oldest uh, friends, uh, his name is Michael. He has chosen to work with Suzanne in delivering to funerals and weddings, and now he is gaining that confidence 
that he's never had before. And that's his job. He comes to work and that's his job. He knows how to fill buckets and do things for in the floral area that the rest of us don't know how to do, but he's been trained. Mm -hmm. And so this is Michael's second year at Shelby's Bridge. And that's why we are always looking for new things to do, because we want the individual person to be able to achieve the things that he or she wants to do. Not that we impose upon them because, oh, well, you can only do this. We want them to choose what they do and then grow them in their individual talents and desires. Tell me, Donna, so we've talked about the mission and um, the work that you're doing to um, provide opportunities for your friends. So you just said something that was really interesting. You said that's why we continue to evolve, or I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. and to look for new opportunities mm-hmm. and new things for them to do. So your business, on the flip side, your business that you're running, mm-hmm. Shelby's Bridge, Gift and Thrift, the Sunshine Bakery, now you've kind of expanded into event planning, I would say, and and a florist. I mean, is there anything that y'all can't do? I don't know. I mean, I really do not know. Absolutely Um, not. We can do whatever you need done in in Sudan, Texas. Well, I wanted to ask, so, and I had that as a question. Um, So your business has grown exponentially over the past three years. You've had success and, and success with your friends and, and achieving that goal and also says success from a business standpoint in, in Sudan, Texas. Um, so that growth has, and, and that expansion of service has come from the desire to create more opportunity for your friends, not the other way around. That's right. And something else that we do um, as a secondary piece, not only do we create jobs for our friends, But it is our desire to meet the needs of our community in Sudan and surrounding rural communities in any way that we can. And one of the things that we chose to do a little over a year ago is to prepare the meals for senior meals in Sudan. That's sort of equivalent to Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. So all those meals come out of our kitchen. I want you to think about this because it's it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would have anything to do with a restaurant. I just want to go to one. I didn't want to run <laughs> yeah. one, you know. But um, we have three fabulous ladies in our kitchen. And by 11 o'clock every day, they have done breakfast. They've served 20 to 30 people in breakfast who've come in, in the cafe. They've done 20 senior meals ready to take out to the community by 1045 or 11. And by 11 o'clock, then they have to have our lunch cafe um, meal ready. And we're talking about, we don't have um, the professional kitchen. We thought when we began this little cafe thing that it was going to be coffee and sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, not not so. That has evolved and grown exponentially. I saw popcorn balls. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. If you can, I'm, I'm telling you, and I say this to my group all the time. I know that there are not challenges for this, but, you know, there's all the kinds of things on television, the Top Chef, Iron Chef, all that. I would put my team up against anybody. We can throw it down with flowers, food, event, whatever you want to do, because not that we are the greatest at it, but it is our heart's desire to become the greatest at it. You have a crystal clear 
vision that you have, you can only get that kind of work from people that are 110% bought into your mission and your vision. That's what you've done. Well, there. we are so thrilled for those ladies to work with us. And uh, somebody says, well, who do you have working for you? Nobody. They work with mm-hmm. us. We are a team and we work as a team. And that's one of the, I kind of circle back around to what we talked about at first. One of the first things that Shelby said about Shelby's Bridge is it has to be a place of respect. Everybody has a place in Shelby's Bridge. And so as we work, we, the team who works there, we must show respect to one another, to our customers, to our clients, to um, to every adult with disability, every child with a disability, every child, period, who walks through our door deserves our respect. And if we don't get that, then and if they don't get it, then we have a problem. And th- that is the tenet that we are um, founded on. We are absolutely a place where everybody can come and be comfortable and be loved. Mm. So as close as you are to this mission, um, is it difficult for you to delegate? I, um, you know, I've worked 24-7 for three years, so sometimes it's not quite <laughs> as hard as you would think <laughs> because you do get tired. You know, you do get tired. Um, I, I have been delegating a long time as um, an uh, assistant principal, assistant superintendent, those sorts of things in the school world. So I've had to depend upon others to carry out things. So I... It's not that I'm a micromanager, but I do look at what we do. And when I delegate something, I see, I try to look at the results and then we talk about it. And that's another collaborative thing that I think goes on at Shelby's Bridge. And I tell people when they come to work there, I'm going to over-articulate my, my needs and my desires. And I may talk you into submission because, but I want it to be clear about what I'm asking you to do. And there are some people who have never had that level of conversation before. Mm. So uh, articulation is is a big part of what we do. And we go over it every day. And we have a lady now who is our project manager, and she's the one who sets out the scope for what our friends will do each day. We talk about uh, on Mondays, we set the course for what we're going to do for the week. So um, delegating is not that hard when you're really there watching over it anyway. What would you say to people that want to try to hold on to everything themselves? Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Give it away. Let it be a part of someone else's dream as well. Find mm. the people who have talents, who want to use their talents in your organization and let them. Tell me, so you have an incredible story of growth and success. Tell us some of the challenges that you faced, Donna, because there are going to be small business owners that are listening to this and they have not had the experience that you've had. How, how there have to, had to have been some bumps in the road. What, what have those been and how have you overcome them? Okay, well, having grown up in West Texas, I want you to know that I have a glorified, huge sense of we can do it attitude, <laughs> all right? And, and that came from growing up on the farm and, and uh, having parents who said, oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. But this is what I have faced that was initially kind of um, 
oh, stunting to me a little bit because we had come into a new community um, and the people in that community didn't know my background. They knew my parents, they knew my family and so forth, but I'd been away for four decades doing things in the Metroplex area in um, in public and private schools. So they didn't know the things that I had been through or or the success that I had been able to achieve in some very dire situations in in the Metroplex. So uh, many, many, and, and absolutely understandable, said, oh, what if this doesn't work? They didn't know that we were going to work on it until it did work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. And so I never want to... There are people who doubt. There are going to be people who doubt. And and that's okay. We're going to love them, and and we're never going to say, well, look what we've done, because that's not it. That's not the purpose. Our purpose is to draw them in and say, let's look at what we have achieved in Sudan, Texas together, not just because of Shelby's Bridge, but because of the welcoming, loving kindness of the community. It could have been nobody came to the cafe. They didn't want to come there, but they do. They support us. So it's, it's, um, it's so important to always have that positive attitude about we're going to do this. We're, I mean, it's tenacity to some degree, but then it's dependence on the other hand. It's a dependence upon the goodness of the people in the area, and I, and the dependence upon the Lord. That's amazing. You have an incredible story. Uh, I want to wrap up here. You have a quote on your website that's right next to a picture of you and your daughter, Shelby. And the quote is by a man named John Ruskin, who was known as the leading English art critic of the Victorian era. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So the quote is, when we build, let us think that we build forever. Let it not be for the present delight, nor our use alone. Let it be such work as our descendants will look upon with praise and thanksgiving in their hearts. Does this pretty much sum up the personal vision that you and have and Shelby have for your organization? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Um, a long time ago, someone said, oh, you need to have a five-year plan. And I bought into that. But the older I get, I don't want a five-year plan. I don't want a 50-year plan. I want a 500-year plan, one that is of eternal significance. How proud are you of your daughter? <laughs> there are no words. She is beautiful. She's strong. She's intelligent. And she is changing the world, and, and she's not done yet. Donna, thank you so much from drive, for driving all the way in from Sudan to our first United Bank Studios to be with us today. It's been such an honor to have you here, and I know that your story has blessed so many um, people in Sudan, and it is going to be a blessing for our listeners on the Spirit of West Texas podcast when they hear it. Um, it's this, this is exactly what this podcast is about. It's about sharing the Spirit of West Texas, and there's no doubt that you and Shelby are just that. So my kids and I, we talk all the time about what it means to be a world changer, and you've actually used that phrase a few times in your interview today, Um, but what it means to make a difference in the lives of others while you're living here on this planet, whether it be for five years or 500, like you just said. But um, I was just sitting here thinking as I was listening to you talk about um, Shelby's Bridge and and your goals and and what you're doing. 
um, you call people that have helped you along the way bridge builders, right? So I was thinking that we may have to change World Changer to bridge builders in honors of you and, and Shelby and all that you're doing in Sudan for our friends and, and for that community. So um, on behalf of First United Bank, I'd like to say thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for being with us on the podcast today. My honor. Thank you. Okay, Amy. Well, we uh, we told listeners that there's a lot of really passionate uh, discussions that happen between you and Donna in this episode, and uh, we didn't lie. No, I mean, we didn't. A, we're true to our here. word. You know what's crazy to me about Donna's story of Shelby's Bridge is that the population in Sudan, I went back and looked, the population in Sudan in 2019 was just over a thousand residents. Oh, wow. So when you hear about the impact that Shelby's Bridge is making in this tiny West Texas community, I mean, it's unbelievable. It really, really. is. Um, their Especially reach, in the short amount of time. That that's it, right. Uh, yeah. Their reach is far greater than... Um, what you might think mm-hmm. and, and who they're serving and what they're doing. So they they are certainly having a tremendous impact on their community there in Sudan and the oh, friends yeah. that they're helping. Yeah. Yeah. She obviously has a very uh, clear vision of what she, she wanted out of this business. And she talked about how to articulate the end at the beginning and she definitely had a vision with with her daughter and really pulled this thing off in a way that I think that's the only way it could happen in such a short amount of time is 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 having that vision ahead of time and being able to articulate that to people in a way that the passion is just infectious and just spreads that's and right. that's exactly what happened with this yeah I mean you you know I think people I'm not a small business owner but I think that the tendency might be you have something that you're really good at or you have a big idea yes. and you're trying to get things started but you don't think through what is what is my end what does the end mm-hmm. look like and I love how she says to start with the end in mind so you know what you're working toward and, the, and toward and then set benchmarks along the way so you know if you are staying the course right right and you have to have a lot of businesses you have to when you're starting out you have to have that need that's right and uh and she she did her research ahead of time and she figured her stuff out and knew there was a need and i think that was uh essential to to this plan and this plan happening as quick as it did. That's right. Uh, I heard Andy Stanley speak one time. Um, he's a great, he's a pastor and he also is a student of leadership and he gave the example of, um, you know, running a business and having a hot dog stand, I think mm-hmm. is what it was. And he said, you know, you could have the greatest hot dog <laughs> in the world, the best hot dog, but if there are already 600 hot dog stands in the area that you're trying to serve, yeah. is that the best idea? Yeah. Where do you fit in? That's in that? right. Mm-hmm. How can you be relevant? And I think Donna, she, she's like she said, she paused and it took a little bit of time, but she did the homework. She did the research and that was critical. And um, her ability to be able to articulate, like you said, her vision to others and to get people on board yeah. and then to um, have and plan, plan the end, basically have her long-term goals. Yeah. Articulate um, the end of the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, I want to share something exciting for our podcast listeners that we have. So Donna and her team have put together not one, but two amazing gift baskets with all kinds of fun treats and treasures from Shelby's Bridge and the Sunshine Cafe. So we've got all the details about this fun giveaway and how to connect with Donna and her friends at Shelby's Bridge. And most importantly, to circle back around how to order a charcuterie platter 
from the Sunshine Cafe. Uh, I like the poo-poo platter. I think that's it. how I grew up as yeah, well. And the the poo-poo poo-poo platter. Yeah, <laughs> you can find all of this information about the giveaways and about Shelby's Bridge in the episode notes on our website at spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. Fantastic. Until next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.